So now what we do as we decide what features to put on our roadmap, we're trying to be very specific in the kind of customers that we want to attract. So it's not everyone who needs reporting because, I mean, that's everyone that that makes us indistinguishable from competitors. So we are really focused on, okay, if you are a person who has this size business, you work in this industry, and you really have this problem where you need to get your SQL queries to Google Sheets, you are our ideal customer. What is important to you? Is it important to you that you have a live link so your data is always fresh? Is it important to you to get emails every week? Those are the kinds of like really specific things we try to drill down into. My name is Colleen Schnettler, and I am the co-founder and CEO of Hello Query. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Took six months moonlighting. There's nothing on the back end. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried it again. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. Not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Labpart, and today how Colleen Schnettler is executing a pivot and building the easiest way for you to get your scheduled reports from SQL. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there too. Terso makes this easy utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech/slash code story. Terso, welcome to the data edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Colleen Schnettler was a stay-at-home mom for many years, taking care of her three children. When she was looking to return to work, she was looking for remote, and it seemed that programming was the best avenue. She taught herself Rails development with the goal of starting her own company. But outside of tech, she spends time with her family outdoors and claims she is a meat and potatoes kind of gal with some bark thins for dessert. Recently, Colleen and her co-founder did a pivot of their previous offering, which was a package to solve reporting problems by embedding their product in your application. They are now focused on a SaaS tool to provide this functionality for you. This is the creation story of Hello Query. We are solving the problem of data access. I mean, that is the most concise way, I think, to describe it. And the problem we are solving is that non-technical people, so that could be your C-suite, that could be your marketing, that could be your customers or your customer success, they need access to their data. They need reports. What is interesting about the business is we have a hosted solution. So what that means is you come in, you connect your database, and you define certain, basically SQL queries, give them names, and then your end users can build reports off of those queries. 
And what's interesting with this is we actually recently did a pretty big pivot because we were trying to solve this problem before by actually selling a package of software that you put in your application. We grew that side of the business to about a quarter million in ARR. And we actually ended up shutting down that arm of the business because it wasn't really progressing in the way we had hoped. This will be interesting, my next question then, and I'll I'll be curious of where you time it. But I'm curious about the MVP. I want to dive into the MVP, that first version of the product you build. Maybe it's the package or maybe it's the MVP of the pivot or both. You can tell me about both. But tell me about how long it took to build those and what sort of tools you use to bring it to life. Sure. So let's actually start with the package because I think there's a lot of good lessons learned in the first kind of business that we built. I would say it took us about six months and then we had a customer that came in and based off of our MVP wanted us to kind of flesh out the rest of the product. And so we were very fortunate in that this customer funded the development for the tail end of completing the product. But the MVP, of course, is what got us in front of that customer, which is what got them interested. And I would say that was about a six-month process. Okay, so with that MVP, really any MVP, you've got to make certain decisions and trade-offs around technical debt, approach, feature cut, all all the things, right? Tell me about some of those you had to work through in a little more depth and, and how you coped with those decisions. This is certainly a struggle, isn't it? I think especially since, so I have a co-founder and we are both technical. So we have two developers trying to start this business. And I think that the desire as a developer to write beautiful, you know, well articulated code is very strong. So it is really hard, I think, as developers. I mean, we just have so much scope creep when it comes to, oh, wouldn't it be great if we handled this one edge case? Wouldn't it be great if we, you know, encapsulated our code this way? So there was a lot of tension building out that MVP because we kept running into these edge cases. For example, like, so we we build a filtering system. It's a filtering reporting system. So as all the developers listening know, dates, time zones are such a pain. Finding the balance between what is our differentiating feature that makes us special? Is it that we handle time zones so easily? Or is time zone something we can be like, eh, like that's not what's going to set us apart from the competition. So we'll deal with that later. So that's just a very specific example of like thousands of these little technical decisions we had to make as we were building out the very first version of the product. This episode is encrypted by Cypherstash. Data breaches are becoming a fact of life. Know why? One of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done, i.e. encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution? Encryption in use with Cypherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption in use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, Cypherstash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cypherstash.com slash codestory and get started protecting your data.
This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble, super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com slash codestory. That's T-R-B-L-L-E dot com slash codestory. So then from that point, how did you progress the product and mature it? And I'm, I'm curious about how you went about building your roadmap and how you went about deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with Hello Query. And this, I mean, you know, this can be part of the pivot as well. This can be lots of things. Well, another tough one. <laughs> I feel like if I, if I had all the answers, then I'd, um, you know, be done. But I think that for us, we are trying to prioritize product features by being very specific in who our customers are. And so I think the first time we did this, we were trying to build something for everyone. And you always hear that that's a bad idea. You always hear you should niche down, but I think doing it in practice is is much harder. So now what we do as we decide what features to put on our roadmap, we're trying to be very specific in the kind of people, kind of customers that we want to attract. So it's not everyone who needs reporting because, I mean, that's everyone that that makes us indistinguishable from competitors. So we are really focused on, okay, if you are a person who has this size business, you work in this industry, and you really have this problem where you need to get your SQL queries to Google Sheets, you are our ideal customer. What is important to you? Is it important to you that you have a live link so your data is always fresh? Is it important to you to get emails every week? That way you don't have to go searching. Those are the kinds of like really specific things we try to drill down into when building out the roadmap. So we are building for a specific subset of customer. So let's switch to team then. So I'm assuming this is early days and, and it's probably a pretty small team. How, how many people are on your team? I had me, my co-founder, and we had three developers, but the pivot forced us to reshuffle a little bit. So now it's just me, my co-founder, and one part-time developer. So I've kind of built, you know, hired a few people and, and had to make some changes as we changed the direction of the company. That makes total sense. Okay, so then moving forward, when Hello Query starts to take off, then you're going to have to build a team to, you know, essentially no one can do this by themselves. So how are you going to go about building that team? And and I'm curious about what you're going to look for in those people to indicate that they are the winning horses to join you. I learned this with my last few hires. I think we ended with three developers, but I had hired a few other people that didn't work out. And I just think building team, you really need people who believe in your vision. And you hear about culture and it kind of sounds eye rolly if you ask me, before you build a team, you're like, oh, culture's not that important. Culture is incredibly important. Communication, for me, most of the developers I have worked with and hired 
are excellent developers. And, and I think it's not that hard to actually screen for excellent development skills, but it is a lot harder to screen for good communication skills. And when you're a completely remote async team, I just think it makes such a difference that you have people that are comfortable over communicating is the, say, is the thing I always say to my people. Over communicating and just making sure everyone is aligned in the vision of the company, especially when the vision of the company is changing. You know, it's kind of like, what do they say? You're building the airplane as you're trying to take off. That's what we're doing here. So you really, I really look for people who are flexible and who have a little bit of that startup mentality. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud-native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud costs, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, Cast AI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai/codestory to get started. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vercel edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Terso makes it easy. With a developer experience of SQLite and a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Terso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Terso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for Code Story listeners. Head over to terso.tech/codestory and get started today. That's t u r s o.tech/codestory. Terso, welcome to the data edge. Let's flip to scalability. This will be interesting given that you're you're pivoting and that you know everyone sort of approaches this in different ways. So I'm curious if scalability was on your mind from day one when you built this, or ha- are you going to be fighting this as you grow and gain traction? This is interesting because with our first crack at this business, we did not think about scalability. And what we were finding is as we scaled the business, we were required to scale our people as well. Just the way the original business model was structured, scaling the business required scaling people. And we realized going through that process that that was actually not the kind of business we wanted to be building, which is part of the reason we are kind of doing this pivot right now. And so when we think about scalability now, we think about building a business structure that enables us to scale without necessarily scaling employees like it did before. So that's something that's really important to us. Can we scale with a team of 3 to, you know, 1 million ARR, whatever it may be, before we have to start bringing more people on board? Okay, so as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, prior pivot and current, what are you most proud of? Like just personally, I'm proud of the fact that I have gotten to this point. I took a very stair stepper approach. I had another side project 
to raising money to now where we are. So just that that whole trajectory, I am I am really proud that I was able to do that and I was kind of aggressive enough and persistent enough to get here. I'm really proud of just the relationship and the company I'm building with my co-founder. I think we are really committed to building the kind of company we want to work at. Even in these early stages, we are really proud of the fact that we are building a business that we want to work at, a business that we believe in and a business that aligns with our values. Let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. I I would guess maybe some changes around the pivot, but I'm I'm curious what you're going to say. Few mistakes, many mistakes. One mistake regarding hiring. I didn't really know how to hire or how one goes about hiring or managing. And so I just hired people that I knew without taking those people through a formal interview process, without really sitting down with those people and outlining expectations. And that didn't work out. And, you know, it's frustrating for everyone. Like, I felt badly it didn't work out. And a lot of that was my fault because I did not properly set expectations ahead of time. So what I do now when I hire is, I mean, just things that seem so obvious when you're working at a big company, but when it's just a small team, you don't really necessarily, in the beginning at least, think that is that important. So now I write down a job description, clearly outline expectations for the job, manage that person since I have hired again, make that person go through an interview process, the whole process, the coding. You know, I now have a coding challenge, you know, to see coding skills, and I now have two, I do like three interviews now and make sure that once they are on the team, I take time to onboard them properly. And I, we have, you know, weekly check-ins and things like that. Here's the, the fun question. What does the future look like for the product and for your team? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about the future. We're just at this really fun stage I don't know. I hope the whole thing is fun, right? I hope once we're in the scaling, you know, aggressively scaling phase, it's fun too. But we're in this really fun stage right now where everything is possible. We have a little bit of funding. We have the ability to build our team as we grow. We have just this vision for how we are going to make people's lives better. And I know that sounds so cheesy because we're a reporting solution, (laughs) but we love how we can come into your company and see these processes you're doing with developers and SQL and Excel and and just streamline that and make your life a little bit better if you're the developer. Make your life a little bit better if you're the marketer. If you're, you know, if you get these reports in front of your customers, decrease your churn. All of these things, like when we win, you win. And that is just like a really fun business to be building. Okay, let's switch to you, Colleen. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. Well, I do have a large, large stack of business books behind me. So, I mean, I would say professionally speaking, we did take some investment from Tiny Seed and that's run by Rob Walling. And so he has been, you know, he has a podcast and several books. And so he's definitely been an inspiration to me in terms of his journey and how I approach our journey building this company. So, okay, we talked about a mistake earlier, but this is a little different spin. Uh, 
if you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? And and I'm going to hedge against the, the we would pivot earlier answer. Tell me something different. <laughs> <laughs> the thing you hear so often is first-time founders think about product and second-time founders think about distribution. And some lessons you just have to learn yourself. So before I had Hello Query, I actually have another side project, well, another side project called Simple File Upload. And that was my first SaaS. And, you know, it does moderately well. But I think that is the biggest lesson if I could impart it on people, because especially if you're a developer, because developers want to write code. And we think that all this other stuff can just come later. So it is so normal for, you hear these stories about developers all the time. They they code for six months, they code for a year, they air quotes, launch it and no one buys it because they have not thought at all about traction, about marketing, about distribution. And the truth is, if you really want to grow a business, that is the most important thing. Colleen, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world and can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? I would tell them, I mean, I would be very supportive. I'd like to think I would be very excited and very supportive. And I would ask them, like, how are you going to get in front of people? Like, how are you going to distribute this? Are you doing partnerships? Have you thought about partnerships? Are you doing SEO? Have you thought about SEO? Have you thought about all of the many, many ways to get attention on this product? Because that is usually the hardest thing. That's great. Great questions to ask and great ways to get them thinking. Well, Colleen, thank you for being on the show today. And thank you for telling the creation story of Hello Query. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.